0: My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the drivehubler.com hotline. Dr. Laura Wilson is a professor of political science at the University of Indianapolis. She joins us now. Doctor, uh, we're going to talk about the national races here in just a moment. But locally, Penny, for your thoughts on what you saw from the state of Indiana in midterms last night.
1: Yeah, well, you don't even have to give me a penny. I'll give it to you for free. Uh, I don't have a penny.
0: We work in radio. Come on now. (laughs)
1: Statewide executive was a clear sweep uh, for the Republican Party. I think if you look at the auditor, treasurer, and secretary of state, it seemed pretty clear a lot of folks were straight ticket voting. There were a lot of differences there. Um, Diego Morales was able to carry through the secretary of state's race. That was when we thought was going to be close. 14% was not exactly close. Um, and, and then in terms of those statewide races for uh, the Indiana General Assembly for those individual districts, you know, Republicans were overall able to to maintain i know there are some races that are still going through the numbers that haven't quite been counted yet Um, but i I think in many ways the results themselves were probably in line with what we thought to see but the margins were quite a bit different And the fact that there are some races for the state legislature that are very close uh, is a little unusual and surprising Uh, but then seeing in some cases those overall sweeping victories uh, it was also maybe a little bit more unanticipated in- than what we would have thought.
0: Doctor, you mentioned straight ticket voting and uh, some people are attributing that to Ryan Mears' win in uh, heavily blue Marion County over Cindy Carrasco for prosecutor. Uh, tell us what you think happened there.
1: Any- information election, any of those races that people don't necessarily know exactly what the office is or too much about the candidates will benefit from straight ticket voting. And I could definitely see that playing a role in this case. I think you also consider the fact that Marion County does tend to lean blue. And so, uh, much in the same way Republicans dominate statewide for Indiana, uh, Democrats have been pretty dominant locally, at least for the last few election cycles. And this is an interesting race, again, in terms of Margin thing different, I thought Mears would be able to pull it out, but not nearly uh, with the victory that you saw. Uh, Carrasco put up a good fight. She was a good opponent, um, and they actually made this a campaign, which I applaud both candidates on. Because a lot of times, we don't talk about the prosecutor's race. We don't think about local races. Uh, Low-information elections, uh, the classic example would be one of these. But they're important, that they certainly matter. Um, and so giving light and at least uh, making that more available to voters, I think, is really valuable.
0: Doctor, you make a great point. Uh, This was a campaign. There was a lot of money that was given to Cindy Carrasco's team right before the election. There was a super PAC dump of some money. And you saw a lot of her ads on television uh, airing before. Pretty big, high-profile sporting events. There was a lot of money, and she was still blown out in Marion County. If you were advising the Republican Party on what to do with Indianapolis, what advice would you give?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I I, I think being able to reach people on the issues, especially for local elections, is Central. And so uh, Carrasco focused a lot on crime that just didn't seem to resonate enough with voters. So what is it that voters really care about and how can you share a, a candidacy and, and create a campaign that's going to reach what those issues are? are. I think that's always the challenge for any level of race, any political party, any candidate, quite frankly, is being able to be what the voters want. And then, of course, also being yourself and who you are and what you think is important. This race, I was interested in watching in particular because we are, it's the day after the election. Can I say it? We're already looking towards the next election and (laughs) have a local election next year here in Indianapolis. We have a mayor's race. We have all 25 city county council seats. So this should give the Democrats a lot of confidence, quite frankly, but I don't think it should be too demoralizing for Republicans. It just shows that there's still an opportunity for improvement, and they are going to have to work. There's going to have to be a lot of hustle if they want to be able to take some of those city-county council seats um, come next November. It
0: seemed like uh, Diego Morales, uh, who was elected Secretary of State, the Republican, it, it seemed like all the controversy surrounding his campaign that we're able to to bounce off of him like he had, you know, Teflon on.
1: Yeah, and I I think one thing that I, as I reflect back on what he was doing and, and how it successful partisanship certainly matters. Straight ticket voting certainly matters, but I also don't want to take away from the campaign. His strategy was to work the base. He was meeting with Republicans in the party and he was doing that essentially the entire campaign. He wasn't doing the traditional outreach that many of the other candidates were pursuing that we usually say is really important. And ultimately probably for a variety of reasons and circumstances, But he was successful in pursuing that strategy. So I think that's important to consider also.
0: We're chatting with Dr. Laura Wilson, professor of political science at the University of Indianapolis. All right, doctor, on a national level here, last night for those, as they're being dubbed as, election-denying Republicans, a lot of those that had the support of Donald Trump, it was a pretty rough night. Give me your thoughts.
1: It, it was. I, this was really a thermometer moment in terms of, I, I think, the impact of Donald Trump as a whole. Would he carry on, especially now that we know he's going to make um, some sort of special announcement very soon? But what, what impact does he still play? What kind of role and relevance does he have in American politics? And it's anything I think at this point it's the jury's still out it it feels very unclear Uh, some of the candidates were unsuccessful those that had his endorsement but you see other pockets of of success and I I think it tells us, on one hand, that he might still be relevant, but there's also real competition. And particularly national level, I'd point down there to Florida. When you look at DeSantis, you know, he was competing against Charlie Chris, both have served as governor. Obviously, DeSantis is the Republican incumbent. But that was a near sweep, which yeah. would give him a tremendous amount of confidence, a lot of name recognition. And if he's still considering a certain presidential race in two years, I, I think that puts him in a really strong position why did people
0: think there was like a giant red wave coming
1: well we were Do in terms of the trend But I I also I think I can understand and explain Why it didn't happen quite in the same way We thought so typically the party Pendulum will swing back And forth and 2020 Had been good for Democrats so Inversely we would expect especially in a Congressional midterm when the Democrats control Not only both houses of Congress But also the presidency that Yeah inflation is high the economy's not Doing really well people are concerned about crime That that would advantage Republican Candidates Uh, you all also had abortion which was obviously really important for Democratic candidates and I think a lot of the surveys and polling seem to emphasize inflation over abortion but voters may not have made that same kind of prioritization and I know I was looking at this thinking back to 2008 and 2010 not that long ago in terms of election cycles and 2008 was a huge election for Democrats and then 2010 that pendulum swung back hard in favor of Republicans and if we're using that kind of comparison, if that's the framework I'm going to go with here, uh, 2020 was good for Democrats. It wasn't great for Democrats. Um, they, they were able to get the House, but they had the slimmest majority in the Senate with the tie-breaking vote from the vice president. So in some ways, maybe that pendulum is still moving, but just on the, the smaller, uh, less of an impact in, in terms of that, in terms of scale.
0: Dr. Laura, um, next year, my son has officially accepted and committed to attend the University of Indianapolis. He will be probably in some of your classes. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to record yourself. Screaming and yelling at him like Sam Kennison in the movie Back to School and then send it to us here at the Hammer and Nigel Show so we can blast it out on social media. Can you do that for us?
1: I can do a mission. Yes, consider that assignment ready to go. Absolutely.
0: Dr. Laura, professor of political science at UND. Doctor, thank you. Thank you so much. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.